0: Lovely. Thanks so much, Sarah. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you all this morning. Um, just before I start, let's uh, we'll take a moment or two just to per- just get in the zone. David, thanks for that announcement. That was amazing. Is that the Lego movie? It's a Lego movie. If you want to know more about that story, the Lego movie, and Emmett's the hero. I'll have to watch it. I've not seen it. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Obviously, the song. All right. I wonder if we could just um, pray with pray this morning and uh, let's just bow our heads and father in heaven just want to thank you for this time um, thank you for your holy Spirit moving upon us for this congregation for every single person here this morning Lord God who's taking the time to come and seek your face and and share in this moment this time coming together to worship you God and we want to honor you and Uh, We ask that you'd be blessed and uh, we'd be open to hear your voice this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Love love the worship as well. Um, Ban, it's just fabulous to be here. I I feel refreshed coming here. That's our hope, that we want to be refreshed as we come to church. And the theme of being refreshed and repenting, we start, I started two or three weeks ago. I want to just continue this morning. So, the title this morning is Times of Refreshing Part Two, very imaginatively, I'm afraid. But um, the subtitle is Where's Your Fire? And if you were here last week, you may have heard Jimmy challenge us, or ask us, or encourage us with this question Where's Your Fire? And if you're familiar with church language, it will be a familiar phrase and analogy, the fire of God burning in us. The Bible does not uh, talk too much about hell, and it's more about heaven. And the fire of God is very much associated with God. And we also think of being on fire, being passionate, being enthusiastic for God. So I've got two examples of people in the Bible this morning. We were on fire for God and were game changers. And I'm going to use their stories as an example of what it means for us to repent and what it means for us to be refreshed by God, really, to really understand that as we repent and turn to God so that our sins may be wiped out, that we can make sense of this language, this slightly strange language for you and I today, that every single person, I want to understand what it means for you to repent today. However, long you may have been a Christian or if you're still just wondering what all this means and are inquiring about Christianity and here as a visitor, we want, I want you to understand what it would mean for you to repent so that you're so encouraged by the refreshing of God And these two things are linked, that the refreshing, if we are refreshed by God, actually it can lead us to repentance, and if we're repenting, it can lead us to refreshing. And God has a part to play, but we have a part to play. And I hope the two examples I've got will help make sense of that this morning. All right, just um, let's turn to the first slide, the first person. Oh, sorry, hold hold the bus, My, my flicker's down here forgot I was doing this. Sorry for you listening on tape. I'm just getting the, the mechanics going. How about this? Come on. Fire of God. you, Rosanna? I never ignore you. Uh, Robert it looks like he's here in charge, mate. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Right. Are you still with me or are you really like, oh, Flynn, what's going on here? <laughs> Next slide, Robert. Are you going to manage it? Awesome. Lots of words, sorry, but there's a story going to come. We're talking about Moses here. First example of a man on fire for God. If Most of you, I'm sure, will have heard of Moses in the burning bush. And we've talked about it in the past. But I want to look at it again today. Now, Moses was an ancient character, but somebody we might be able to identify with more than you might imagine. His story in Exodus first, second, and third chapters tells about a man who at birth was in risk of his life. The Egyptians wanted to uh, kill every single firstborn uh, Jewish, uh, Israeli child because they were too fruitful, there was too many of them, they were anxious for them. So every boy was to be killed at birth, but his parents rescued him. and in a way, and had this strange situation when he was rescued by the, the daughter of Pharaoh and was brought up as a, in the court of Pharaoh, his enemy who actually wanted to kill him in the first place. So he was a very mixed-up kid, you can imagine, raised, nursemaided by his mom, but brought up as an Egyptian, confused, adopted, and you can see that as he comes to age. He kills somebody. He's so angry and confused, I can only imagine, about who he is and what he's about that his anger bursts over and uh, he kills somebody and eventually flees everything and everybody uh, in fear and goes off into the wilderness, and maybe an extreme example, but I'm sure we can identify with some confusion about who we really are, about where we've come from. Many of you have had difficult experiences growing up and uh, has led us to become who we are and to think about what we believe. And for Moses, he, he just wanted to escape. And many of us just want to do that, just forget the past and leave it behind us and try and move on. And for Moses, he ended up in not a bad place. He he found a family and a home and become a shepherd. And he was probably quite comfortable with life. And again, we can identify with that, can't we? That actually, <laughs> I'm not sure I want the fire of God because I'm really quite comfortable in my home, in my circumstances, and I'm nervous about what it might mean for me if, uh, if I give too much to God, if I really let Him in or find out more. And I wonder where Moses was at. He got his wife, got his family walking on the hills. I, there was nothing to suggest in his story that he wanted anything of God. In fact, the last thing he probably wanted was to hear about God, but God had different plans. And Moses became a man when the fire came. He became a man of God when the fire came. So where's your fire? Where's the fire of Moses? Let's read about it. I'm going to read it from the Scriptures here. This is Exodus 3. We'll pick up the story of Moses. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So, Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. any fire burning up in there? Maybe there is. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to Luke, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Hallelujah. What a great moment in history. And if you sometimes think, well, it's just a nice story and Disney did a good version of it, animation. Jesus Himself preached from this same verse. Two thousand years ago, this verse was used to show to the people that did not believe in resurrection that God was a God of the living and not of the dead. Jesus himself looted this phrase. We are so familiar with Bibles and things we don't realize. And I just am in awe of what I'm speaking to and what we're speaking about. That this goes back generation upon generation. And this this moment in history is so important that even Jesus himself preached from this verse. How amazing is that? Maybe just give the Lord your God an applause because he is an awesome God. He is amazing. And we sit in a privileged position, being able to see this from um, our our everyday situations. Very exciting. But how does it speak to us? I think it speaks of repentance and refreshing. First of all, repentance. Moses, as I've suggested, probably wasn't looking for the fire of God to come upon him. Who would, in a way? (laughs) You think, oh, it's a bit scary. And it is, and it was. But... First thing is, God speaks to him personally, Moses. Moses, God knows your name. God knows all about your past, all about your history, all about your circumstances right now, and He cares, and He accepts you, and He wants to call you by name. And if you need to hear His voice, He knows your name, and He will know, and you will he- know Him when He hears you, and as. He calls to you. The revelation that He knows everything about you will terrify you possibly, but He does. He is your God, your Creator. And He knows. He's been with you. He formed you in your mother's womb. This is the God that we're talking about who formed you and created you. You are His, it says, His masterpiece. When we turn to God, when we repent, we start to have that awareness that He knows all about me. Sometimes we experience that even in this environment. Goodness, that, you know, this is speaking straight to me. When I, when I became a, gave my life to God when I was 20, I opened the Bible and it spoke to me. And when I was in groups learning about the Bible, it was like, I know this. Somehow it just resonated in me as true. And the revelation that God knows you and loves you and cares for you is so important. Moses, Moses, It's important to know that there was a moment of repentance. Moses just saw something different, and you might just see something different. Coming to church is doing something different. Going to Alpha, and I commend all those and thank all those that signed up for Alpha and did what they said they would do. They came along on Tuesday night. That's great faithfulness, responsibility, and thank you for that and commend you for that. That is just a turning aside to see what God will do, maybe in Alpha, maybe on a you're coming on a Sunday and it's just coming to see. Maybe it's somebody you know, a neighbor, a friend. Somehow they're saying something or doing something. You're reading a book, you're seeing a film, and something's speaking to you in your spirit. You don't quite know why, but you want to find out more. And God speaks like that to us in this day. There's something different. There's a bush burning for you in your life somewhere that you need to go and have a look at. And that little bit of repentance is all it takes to start to hear God saying your name. Wonderful. There's a bit of repentance there. There's a bit of holiness. And as you come to know God and come to church, there's a bit of take your sandals off. It's holy ground you're standing on. And um, it's a strange thing for us to do, maybe not particularly significant, but it was for Moses, I'm sure, to take off your shoes. and What does it mean for you to take your shoes off? probably isn't this practical thing, but there's something you need, we need to do when we come to God just to recognize in our hearts, in our attitude, in our minds that this is significant. This is important. This is not just a light thing. Even just coming to church, even just coming, turning to prayer every morning, if you can, opening your Bibles, just that little bit of taking your shoes off to say, yeah, this is important. How am I on a Sunday morning? Can I get here early? That can be a just a moment of taking your sandals off to make a priority, make a commitment to putting God first and coming to this holy ground in a good way in a, a positive way. God calls us to be set apart and holy for him, and then of course, as our repentance and the continues, Moses is commissioned and given a tremendous purpose in life, that actually everything that had happened to him was for a reason and that God can use. And it's true for you too, that whatever circumstances you've what challenges, what obstacles, what successes you've had, God can use for his purposes. That's the refreshing that God can bring, that he talks about who you are and renews your identity. He places you firmly in his family, in the midst of his love, and he gives you a new purpose that is familiar, is, makes sense, maybe difficult, maybe scary, but is real for you. It's where you think, yeah, I, I've been prepared for this. I know about this. I can do this. And God calls us to what he's prepared us for, good and perfect plans, each and every single one of us. Nobody is excluded. Nobody is too far from this promise of the refreshing of God. The refreshing of God is so good. The repentance of God to God is really so easy. Just a little thing. Just a little turning. And it's so exciting. And Moses' life uh, continued with this fire of God in his belly. And he did great things as we know. Rescued over a million people maybe from the hands of oppressors. Oppressed nation in Egypt in the Middle East. It resonates today, doesn't it? Even today. And he led them to the promised land by a pillar of fire. And fire was ever present in Moses' relationship with God. Fire led them in a cloud of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, led the the nations and then the Ten Commandments are given on a mountain of fire, and um, the fire of God was just ever-present. So that at the end of His days, you can read in Deuteronomy 4, Moses describes God as a consuming fire. It, it, it defines His relationship with Him. And God wants to give you something ever-present in His relationship between you. And it'll be unique for you. How does God speak to you? It will be special. It's frogs for George. I'm still amazed by that story, George. Frogs spoke to George in worship. Amazing things can speak to us, speak to you. Let's put my shoes on again. Just let's have a pause. What's that? No, happily. Where's your fire? It's in a burning bush somewhere. Your fire is God Himself. Your fire is God Himself. The presence of God is the fire of God. If we want to be transformed, if we want to be renewed, if we want want to refresh our purpose, if we want to understand who we really are, the fire of God must fill us we, we want to have an appetite for it. We want to seek it. That's why we've encouraged you to worship. And here on a Sunday morning, I get refreshed every moment. We're in worship together, coming here, just speaking to people. And I'm refreshed. I'm refreshed sometimes watching a film or or, 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 or speaking to, to people. I'm encouraged by um, P- Peter there just talking last week about how he was um, in a situation and gave all his money to a big... Not all your money, Peter, but, you know, what you had. And your wife came along and said, it's not enough. Give you more. I'm just, I've just got a wife like that too, by the way. Just, there's more. And a moment when God is there. Do you know these moments just when something different is happening? You just sense something, that God is here. Something exciting, special, and different is happening. That's, that's the experience that we can hope for. That there is more. So much more to life than meets the eye. So exciting next slide, please, Robert. My second character today to understand what it really means to find out where your fire the, the fire is another fire, and the, my man this time is Peter, Peter the disciple, one of the first to follow Jesus and a fisherman just maybe like Moses, a little bit, you know, normal. He's just, just a guy wandering around, fishing, tending, tending sheep like Moses, but fishing. But he saw something. He saw Jesus, and he went, and he heard. And Jesus spoke to him personally, and he followed. And we read his story in the Gospels and Peter is a strong character, a passionate character, a fiery character. He cuts off the soldier's ear with a sword in Gethsemane and he's declaring that he would do anything for Jesus. He will follow him anywhere until his test comes. Christ is taken to be crucified and three times he denies even knowing him, even the very existence that he's been with him. It's too much for him to admit because he's so much in fear and so confused. And again, we can identify to some extent with Peter that we have days when we're full of fire and faith for God and other days when we just don't want to know and, and we turn down opportunities. We just are full of just rubbish sometimes, aren't we? We have guilt and we can have shame and we can... Go to dark places. Peter was in a dark place, but he too, like Moses, had a fire. This fire was different, and it characterizes the difference between the old covenant that Moses was called to give to the Israelites and the new covenant that Jesus brought in. Here it is, and if you know it, it's in John 21, the th- According to that gospel, the third time that Jesus has appeared after His crucifixion. And it's just a beautiful moment. It's just a beautiful moment. They're fishing. Again, there must be something going on in the disciples. They've seen Christ, but still don't really know what to do. Peter doesn't know. He's just going about fishing again. A whole night's fishing and they're coming home and this guy shouts from the beach, (laughs) winding them up. What did you catch? nothing. Try the other side of the boat. Are you serious, mate? <laughs> I'm exhausted. That's true, isn't it? For us, we try stuff, just nothing happening. Where's God? Where's the fire? Ugh. Try again. That moment, there is a moment of repentance. It's a moment of humility. They just say, yeah, okay, let's, okay, let's just do that one more time, and the net is full. Let's just pray one more time. Let's try another prayer meeting. Let's just try Alpha again. Let's just try this. Let's just see. And, and um, it's an exciting When Suddenly you think, oh, God is here. Who is that? It's the Lord. And again, a moment of repentance. Not taking off his shoes, but jumping into the sea and running to see the Lord. And they sit. And it's not a burning bush this time, but it's a little fire on a beach with some fish in it. And it's not an angel of the Lord or something terrifying. It's God Himself come in human form to be with Him, to talk to Him, to give Him some food, to give Him some encouragement, to restore Him, to redeem Him in an intimate moment. And the difference and the hope that we have compared to the old covenant, to the new covenant, this intimacy that God is now offering us, this personal relationship, no intermediary, one-to-one, to to look you in the eye across a meal, across a table, that He's cooked because He wants to be with us. He wants to restore you. He wants to restore me to the fullness of all that He has planned for us. And he asks Peter in these beautiful words, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Personal and commissioning. But this time, it's all about a heart of love. Feed my lambs sounds a bit less scary than rescue Pharaoh. But the lambs he was talking about are you and me. In this moment, Peter was so transformed, so redeemed, so restored. All his shame from his three failures, completely blown away. Again, Jesus asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. Not just a million people freed from bondage and a nation established, but generation upon generation of people turning to Christ for salvation, eternal life, not just a promised land over the hill and over the sea, but a promised land land in eternity, forever. The promise and the nature of it and the intimacy of it and the romance of it, the love of it, the love of God personally for us in this moment is established. Third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt, offended. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter was transformed, as we know, and read about, and declared, and became the leader of the early church, the Christian church that we're now enjoying, still 2,000 years later, that millions upon millions upon millions of souls have been rescued. Where was Peter's fire? It was on that beach, and I think it stayed with him all his life. He could, I'm sure, just turn back to that moment in his moments of doubt, and he had more challenge, more difficulties, more persecution. The purpose that Christ left them with was actually, you're going to be crucified, Peter. You're going to your death. So the purpose that God calls us to isn't just to give us a comfortable life. The refreshing that God, the nature of God's refreshing is so much bigger and so much broader. It's for others really that you're called and I'm called actually to make a difference in other people's lives. That if we do this little thing of repentance, somehow, some way, just turning to God, looking out for Him, hearing His voice, that you can have a purpose for life. And I, i cry out to you wherever you're at, if you're a young person wondering what to make sense in the world, hear God's voice, allow Him to touch you, trust Him. Because He knows you. He knows what He has planned for you. And if you give your life to Him, you will be a blessing to multitudes. That's the promise and the nature of this refreshing, the depth and the breadth of it. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, Last slide, please, Robert. Peter wrote, and it's recorded in, in, in the Gospels, and it summarizes, I think, so well, what happened to him on the beach, and what he realizes is the heart of the gospel, his message that he preached um, Robert, if you get, just get the if you 're ready we 'll just play that song in a moment and just read this. but I would love if you ate this, you drank this scripture, read it every day it, it, I, it captures the heart. Of what God, I think, is wanting to say in this time. Humble yourselves then. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. That repentance. Humble yourself. It may just be to say, Okay, God, I'm going to trust in you for my life. Okay, God, I'm going to trust in you for this next phase of my life. I'm going to trust in you for finding a partner for me, for finding a job for me. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you for the fire. I'm going to trust you for giving me purpose and passion. And he may lift you up in due time. There may be a delay in due time. In due time. For many in the Bible, it was too long, and it sometimes feels we're going around the mountain, we're in the desert for 40 years. I just encourage you, be patient, be faithful, don't give up, don't give up. Trust this promise that He will lift you up in due time. 20 interviews I went through at work one season over two or three years, job was going downhill, couldn't find a job that anybody wanted me for. <laughs> I just thought I needed to go to Bradford because I think God might be in the burning bush there. And I went to Bradford five years ago with a bunch of guys from this church to a conference, men's conference, and I didn't go with a purpose. I just thought, oh, you know, I've nowhere else to turn. I've done all I can do. I need a breakthrough. I was beginning to feel useless, beginning to feel not able to possibly provide as I wanted to. And at that conference in Bradford, which is a good place to go, isn't it, guys? I took, <laughs> I bought a sign, I, I meant to bring it, it says, expect a miracle. And I hung it above my door when I got home. And I walked under it every day. And I thought, well, I'm going to expect a miracle. And I don't know what, how big or small that will be. And for me, it wasn't much of a miracle. It was a conversation on a set of stairs a month or so later with a guy that knew me, said, oh, did you apply for this job? I no, didn't know I was up, yeah, have a look, oh, okay, thanks. Somebody actually suggested they might be interested in giving me a job, and I got the job eventually, and it was a great blessing, and, and has been since five years later. promotion and another promotion, I was like, how did that come? I did, I haven't done anything different, honestly. I, I, but somehow God just opened a way of refreshing, of blessing. I, it was just a turn. But I, I, I believe it was just that little turning to God, just not much, just just going down. God, come on. And others are blessed. Somewhere between my tiny miracle, mundane, just, was it really anything? Yeah potentially the biggest thing that could have happened, to Moses, going collination Somewhere in that range, we sit between the mundane and the magnificent, God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you, and as Peter said, because He cares for you, Rose, He does. For you, Tim cares for you. I could name every single person in this room. He cares for you. He cares for you. Let's just um, roll this uh, song. And amazing that Sarah was prophesying at the beginning about the cloud. Sorry, <laughs> woke you up, Anna. And we're changing analogies slightly, but this song is about the cloud, but it's refreshing. It's that same theme. I would love you just to stand and I hope you hear something of God's voice in what I've said. If not, just turn to the scriptures
1: or do this anyway. Turn
0: to these promises and don't stop turning to God till you hear that assurance He cares for me, He cares for me. He cares for me. He cares for you.
1: Just enjoy these words. Let's begin to
0: join in if we can.
1: I'm
0: just going to pray. Thank you, Lord, for this word, for your promise. Where's our fire? You're our fire, O God. And you promised to live in us. As we turn to you, you'll set us on fire and bring refreshing to ourselves and to others that we cannot even begin to imagine what it will mean. So we receive your rain to refresh us now. Thanks, guys. Let's turn it up. Let's turn it up.
1: Every seed buried in sorrow anticipation. We await the promise to come. Everything that you have spoken will come to pass. Let it be done. Lord Jesus, we come at your feet right now. Maybe we could just play that song quietly
0: again in the background, if that's okay, Robert. Lord Jesus, we come at your feet right
1: now. And as that verse said, God, in 1 Peter 5, 7, let's just listen to the words again. Humble yourselves before, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due
0: time cast all your and um, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for